everyone this evening. So good to have all of you in service this evening. And if you're a guest, we welcome you. We're so happy to have you on this Sunday night. Those of you that are watching us, whether you're a part of us or just watching us from somewhere, we welcome you as a part of this service, wherever you may be tonight as well. Praise God. Would you stand? And as folks continue giving, they'd like to. I'm going to read from Daniel chapter 7. None of you are like this, but I've got spoiled with scrolling through Bible apps. I'm not quite as good with finding them in my Bible as I used to be. I'm going to read from Daniel chapter 7, verse 21. And uh, before I read, I, uh, I don't know when the last time. I have struggled so much, and in some ways, I think more than ever before, just from every direction. For weeks now, I've walked away from church services feeling pretty much no sense of accomplishment, success, if Thankfully, different ones of you at different times have said things to let me know that I didn't miss it. I've been battling with what we do. Are we doing it right? Could we do more? Should we do it differently, etc., etc.? And uh, the, the wave, the wave crashed this week <laughs> in a way that it hasn't in a long time. And um, I'm aware of the fact even people who are quiet can still be miserable to be around. Because there's a difference between being quiet and when you're quiet because something's wrong. And for several days, at least this week, I was, I was a miserable guy to be around. And Friday, I, I know all of you, you just always go to prayer and pray through all by yourself. I know you do that. But I texted... Brother Shelton, Friday early afternoon, I think it was, asked him if he had any time to talk, and he said he'd have some time a little later on in the day, and so actually as I drove to uh, the gather service on, on Friday evening, and uh, I know some of you were there, but what an awesome evening we had at the service on Friday night, a 1,060 people gathered at 
CLC in Imesville, I believe the last count I heard, 38 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost on Friday night. It was just a, it was a great time. And uh, that's going to be happening next year again in the fall around the same time. And so uh, you need to mark your calendars. I would encourage you next year. Uh, I don't know if the cat's publicly out of the bag yet, even though I think cats should stay in the bag. But I'll let the cat out of the bag. Uh, Brother Bruce Howell, our global missions director, is going to be the preacher for it next year. But um, So anyway, as I was driving, I, I called Brother Shelton, and as I began to just share with him some things that were going on and struggles I was having, he, um, I don't remember exactly the way he phrased it, but he said, I've had a whole bunch of calls from other pastors and preachers saying basically the same stuff. In fact, he said, I've had a couple people call me and they said, unless you tell me I can't, I'm about to resign my church and quit pastoring. I haven't been there, just so you know. I have not thought that and I have not toyed with that idea. And he began to share some of that, and, and uh, it didn't change me. It didn't change my circumstances. But I got to tell you, I don't know about you, it's always been something to help me to at least know that there's not something wrong with me. I'm not some unique, flawed individual. But as he was talking, and he basically said he's prayed about it, he, he hasn't been able to discern exactly what it is and why it is and God's allowing it, doing it, whatever. But as he was talking, there was a verse that I feel like the Lord quickened to my spirit. And so I, I, I'm hoping and praying that obviously it's the desire every time we come together. It's the desire every time I preach, teach. But I, I really am hoping and praying that God's going to help some people tonight. It, it may not be, quite honestly, it may not be the answer you necessarily want. I'm not saying that to, to make it sound negative. But, but most, of it, most, of us, well, most of us have learned that the answer we need is not always the answer we want. And the answer that's true and right is not always the answer we, we want. So Daniel 7 verse 21, and I will tell you as we read, you'll, you'll get this. This is, this is some prophetic stuff about the end times. And uh, Again, last, Friday, or last Saturday morning, Brother Grossbach spoke to the deacons and and he made the point, and I appreciate hearing somebody else say something similar because I... It's my approach. I hear people teach and preach about end-time prophecy and what Revelation says and Daniel says and Ezekiel, and, and they've got it all figured out, but these are visions. Visions can be symbolic. They may not be literal. And so the, these verses are, are about the end times, and it's prophetic and but I, but I think the, there, there's one particular verse that I'll draw your attention to that I think even though it's a part of this prophetic 
passage that it is applicable to us and that maybe we are in specifically what Daniel's talking about, but even if we're not, I still think that it applies to us, to where we are. So beginning with verse 21, Scripture says, I beheld and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Anybody looking forward to that day? Thus he said, here we go, some of this vision, prophetic stuff. But Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of, the, out of this kingdom are... Ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. And and here it is. I'm going to read a couple more verses, but here's the verse. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws and they shall be given into His hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. God's going to allow this to go on for a period. But the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey Him. There's coming a day in which dominion is going to be given to the saints. But I believe you and I are somewhere right now in verse 25. And that we have an adversary who is trying to do everything he can and God is giving him a space to try to wear out the saints. Anybody feel like you've done everything you've taught, been taught to do, everything the Bible tells you to do to deal with your mind and it just isn't working? Anybody? Say like I said Thursday night, I'll dismiss you all and I'll go in my office and I'll preach to the mirror. Lord, I thank you because from the very beginning as Brother Middleton was leading prayer, he declared 
what he sensed and what he felt. God, I feel that all throughout this service there has been a manifestation of your presence. I know that should happen all the time and we experience that all the time, but sometimes, God, it's in a in a unique way, it's in a different way. I feel like that that is where we are this evening. God, I'm asking you, Lord, it's not a different or a new request, but I'm asking you again tonight that you would speak through me, that you would speak to our hearts, our spirits. Perhaps, God, I guess to our minds, but let it be something that is even deeper than our minds. Let it get down in our souls, God. I pray, God, that you would give us faith to hear and receive. Lord, there's things that oftentimes when we hear them preached, we can, we can easily believe that it applies to somebody else. It's for somebody else. But we, we struggle to see our own selves in a way that makes us worthy in a sense of receiving. I pray, God, that there would be faith in every heart in this place tonight to hear, to receive what you would say. And let there be a supernatural work of your spirit that is done in this place tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Ten horns. Out of his kingdom, ten kings shall arise, and another shall arise after them, and be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. And God is going to allow words to be spoken against the Most High. And the goal of the enemy is to try to wear out the saints. The word wear out, the words wear out come from the same Greek word and they mean this according to Strong's used only in a mental state to afflict. The question, is there anybody this evening that for whatever length of time it's like from every direction your mind is bombarded. You are being worn down. Anybody? Uh, uh, okay. Uh, um, um. <laughs> to afflict, but in a mental sense. According to another biblical dictionary, it means to wear away, to wear out, to harass constantly. I know, and I'm going to read them, Lord willing, towards the end of this message. We all know that spiritual warfare and the battle of our minds, is it's always a thing. 
It's always, there's always a battle in our mind. But I believe according to what Daniel prophesied, and I believe that where we are in the time frame of things, we are experiencing something that is not just the normal day-to-day battling of our minds. That there is an adversary that God is allowing a space an opportunity to try to wear out the saints. Because what happens when you get worn out? What's the outcome when you get fully worn out? What do you do? Shout some things out. Somebody, come on. That's right. I don't have any idea what you're saying, but that's right. Try that again. Let's see if I can hear a couple of you. There we go. That's better. Quit. Give up. Anybody got anything else? I I think those are two of the primary things. Surrender, but surrender to who? Because if God is allowing the adversary to work on wearing you out, who are you surrendering to? The one that's trying to wear you out? So the enemy has got this space from God to try to wear you out. Because I'm going to get there in a little bit, but God's interested. God wants to know who can be worn out. The enemy wants to wear you out because if he can wear you out and get you to quit and give up, you're not going to be a part of the fulfillment of God's promises and plan for you personally, and you're not going to be a part of what God's trying to do corporately. And so if he can wear you out, what happens when God is allowing him to wear? So you try every trick in the book. You go watch Call to War 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, whatever years, and you watch it over and over and over, and you try everything that was taught, and you, and all you're done, all you do is get more worn out. Because God, through Daniel, said, there's going to be a season. At which I am going to allow the enemy to try to wear out the saints of the Most High. And then he says he's he's going to allow him to change the times and laws. I think if you need a confirmation of the timing, all you got to do is read that. Because we are living in a day where literally the enemy, the enemy, not the, not one party or the other. If you're naive enough to blame the changing of the laws on a particular party, you need to go get your head back in the book. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our fight is not one political party against the other. It's not about one office being in the White House or the other. It's about the fact there is a spiritual battle that is going on. We are living in a day in which 
laws and times are being changed. Laws on marriage are being changed. Moral laws are being changed. We are living in that day and there's some folks in the church. And I said the church and I mean the church. I didn't say church, just church generically. There's some folks in the church that are getting worn down by some of it. Because you're bombarded by it from every direction. And the enemy is wearing on you saying, is it really worth standing for this? Is it really worth standing on what the Word of God says? Are you really going to hold out that God made them male and female? And God decided who was male and God decided who was female? Are are you really going to stand on that? Or are you going to get like a lot of other so-called Christians and decide it's not worth the fight. I'm just too worn out. Going to change the times. I, I, I studied that out as best I could and to be very honest, I could not find any real clear explanation on what exactly that means. There's a couple of ideas, but but I, I think it I think it has to do with you know, we're shifting all of the stuff around that, that we, we have done and we do as believers. It used to be that everything was closed on Sunday. I know you young folks got no idea of that. But it used to be everything, no stores, you didn't go shopping on Sunday. I know there were a few, at least a few restaurants that were open because we'd go to some of them on Sunday afternoon, but there wasn't no mall. There wasn't no sports as far as Little League and all that, pros, and but there wasn't no Little League. Not on Sunday. We called it the Lord's Day. And then the way I remember it, if you remember it differently, it's my memory versus your memory on this one. But, but then, then, then the mall started opening for the afternoon for a couple hours. And closing in the evening. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the mall's got the same hours on Sunday as, as any other day. It's changing the times. We, 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 we don't set times aside like we used to. Used to, used to. I, I know. I, I know some of you is going to write this off as tradition. So be it. But used to, brother Middleton. I remember the day in which there wasn't no thought or discussion about what we were doing Sunday mornings and Sunday nights, and Thursday nights or Monday nights for a while. There, 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 there was times that was a part of our lives that those were set. The enemies changed the times now. Wearing us down, wearing things out, trying to get us to let go and release some things. And God is allowing him an opportunity to work on wearing us out. We're going someplace good. Hang in there. Quit. 
questioning, second-guessing, doubting everything. I, I, I haven't, Brother Middleton, I, I, can, I believe I can say, I, I haven't really been considering compromising and changing the doctrine of what I believe, but just constantly being... In the last couple of weeks and months, for whatever reasons, more than ever, I've been bombarded through social media, especially Brother McGurk, seeing all these mega churches and all these great moves of God and, and being worn down the things we hold on to and the things as apostolics we believe. Trying to rebuke it, trying to pray through it, trying to fast and get over it and keep getting worn down. Not trying to be dramatic or whatever. I, I don't know what you do when you leave a service. I, I I'm not sure what that's like. I don't know as a as 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 a saint, and I know many of you are in ministry and all. I don't know what you do when you leave. But but when I leave, I do basically like what a coach does. I start replaying. From start to finish, did we get that right? Did we do this right? And you know what? I don't really ever have much trouble believing the worship team got it right. Just about every service, I think they got it right. I think they did their job. I I think they were awesome. I think they were in the flow. I'm not trying to get a... I'm I'm just telling you where I'm at in hopes that maybe if it's just one person here tonight, I'm not looking and don't, don't, I may, you know what, what I might do is as soon as I'm done preaching, I may go straight out that door and get in my car and go home. Because I'm not fishing for stuff here tonight. That, that's not what I'm fishing for. I, I, I just, I, 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 do, I do trust and believe that it may be different circumstances for you. It, it, it may, that's what Brother Shelton said to me. He said, he said, it's different circumstances, it's different situations, but what you're describing and what you're dealing with and what you're feeling, he said, I'm hearing it from all over. Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Luke chapter 22, the beginning of the chapter. This is the Last Supper. They've gathered together. They're spending time with Jesus as, as, as all of the things that lead up to His crucifixion are about to happen. Judas has betrayed Him. And, and, and in the course of all of that, listen, listen, to what, listen to what the Lord says. You, many of you know it, but... The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. The word sift means a sieve, but figuratively it means to riddle. To riddle. You know what a riddle is, but let me read to you Webster's definition of a riddle. A riddle is a mystifying, misleading, or puzzling question posed as a problem to be solved or guessed. It's a conundrum. A conundrum is an intricate and difficult problem, a 
question or problem having only a conjectural answer. You, you can't quite pin it down. You, you can't quite put your finger on it. It's an enigma. It's something hard to understand or explain. It also is something or someone difficult to understand. Simon, Satan has desired to hit you with a riddle. He's got some some questions, some some things for you to think about, to ponder that that are going to be puzzling, misleading. They're going to be misleading because uh, 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 just a couple of years ago, Peter, when I passed by you and you were fishing, I gave you an invitation to come follow me. And without hesitation, you laid down your nets and you said, I'll come after you. And, And you've spent three years following me, Peter, no doubt with an expectation of what the outcome was going to be. And what's about to happen, Peter, is going to be different than what you expected. It's It's going to be misleading. I know what's about to come, Peter. We're, 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 I'm about to get taken away by force, and, and, and you're going to try to stop it, and I'm not going to let you stop it. You're, you're going to be dealing with some questions as to why and, and, and how come, and this isn't what I signed up for. Satan has desired that he may sift you as wheat. And guess what? I'm going to let him. What, what, what you doing, Satan? Oh, I'm, I'm just kind of going to and fro looking for somebody to mess with. Well, what about Job? Well, there's a problem with Job. The problem with Job is you've got some barriers around him. You've got some hedges around him, and so I can't do anything to Job. But I tell you what, God, if you'll let me sift him a little bit, I'm going to prove to you why Job serves you. Okay, if that's the case, Satan, then I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to take one of those fences down. I'm going to take the fence down and I'm going to let you touch his body. But there's still two other fences I'm going to keep up. You can touch him, but you can't touch what's around him. You can't touch his life. You can't take... Oh, excuse me. The first thing was his stuff. Sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you mess with his stuff. Some of that stuff was easy to get over. You, 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 may, you may be saddened over the loss of possessions, but you can replace houses. You can replace cattle and sheep. and You can replace that, but you can't replace seven sons and three daughters. And, and even if you have more kids, that doesn't replace those kids. But he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let, let you touch his stuff. You can touch all of his stuff, but you can't touch his body, and you can't take his life. And in one day, Job loses everything, 
all of his possessions and ten kids in one day. And he responds, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And Satan goes back to God and he's upset. And and God said, all right, I'll tell you what, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you touch his body. You can't take his life, but you can touch his body. I'm going to let you sift him. I'm going to let you do some sifting because, because, number one, I know who Job is. And I know Job, what Job is about. I know what's in Job's heart. But I also know what I have for Job's future. And to be able to do what I want to do in Job's future and trust him with it, I've got to let. i got to let there be some turmoil. i, I got to let there be some upheaval. I've got to let there be some wearing away. I gotta let there be some wearing down. I'm gonna let you do some things. And so, Simon, I'm, a, I'm going to let him sift you as wheat. Can I tell somebody tonight? It is time for you to once and for all silence the lie that the physical problems you're dealing with, the financial problems you're dealing with, the other problems you're dealing with is because God is punishing you and God is mad at you. I got a question. How many people in this place tonight, to the best of your ability, you've repented of everything you know to repent of? If you haven't, you can do it right now. You're letting the devil beat you up over the fact God's punishing you. What's there for God to punish you over if you've repented? Well, I repented and I did it again. Welcome to the human race. Welcome to being a righteous man because a righteous man falls seven times. But as the prophet said, rejoice not against me, oh my enemy, because when, not if, somebody needs to get over the fact it's not going to be if you fall, it's going to be when you fall. But when I fall, I shall arise. Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to sift you as wheat. But, but, I, you know what, it's one thing for me, and I know some of you as the pastor, you have a level of confidence and trust in me and my prayers, and I, I, I appreciate that. And again, it's supposed to be about the office, not the man. But, you know, it's one thing if I come to you and say, Isaac, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. I appreciate that, but you know what? I also know, thanks for your prayers, but just because you're praying, it doesn't mean God's going to do it. Because we don't know what to pray for as we ought. We have a tendency to pray according to what we want and what we think and what we believe should happen. But I got to tell you, when Jesus is praying, that's a prayer that you can trust. And Jesus said, Simon, here's what Satan's going to do, but I prayed for you. I prayed for you, Simon. 
And I prayed that your faith would not fail. Now I want you to, I want you to, if you go, you can go study this out if you don't believe me. I don't have time to give you all the whatevers, but but it says that the, the, the King James just said, I pray for you that your faith fail not. So if you read that at face value, Jesus' prayer was not answered. Oh, hallelujah. If you read that simply based on what it says, Jesus' prayer was not answered because Peter failed. He denied him. If his faith hadn't have failed, he would have stood there in the midst of whatever the possibilities were and said, yep, I'm with him. He's the Messiah. He's the Son of the living God. But instead, he stood there and said, I don't know him. Two times. I don't know him. Three times. He cursed on the third time. I don't know him. But if you study it out, and you, you, you need everybody in this place needs to hear me right now. Because if you study it out, what, it's, what it actually says is, I prayed that your faith would not utterly fail. Some of you think you can't measure up because you failed some. And God's saying, it's okay. I prayed that your faith would not utterly fail. You know, I, let me put it to you in this terms. Just because you end up winning the game doesn't mean you were winning the whole game. Just because the final score, you're on top, doesn't mean you won, you were winning all Throughout the game. So there may be some days. In which the scoreboard. Has the devil winning. And you failing. But he said I prayed that your faith would not utterly fail. And oh you got to get the next part. He didn't say if. You're converted. He didn't say, I prayed for you, Peter. And if by chance you somehow survive the storm, here's what I want you to do. He said, I prayed that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen somebody else. I know you're going to fall. I know you're going to need some picking up. But I also know this. The sifting is not going to destroy you. The wearing you out is not going to, de to destroy you. It's just about the process of making you. I pray that your faith fail not and win. When, when you're converted, in the meantime, there's going to be some wearing down. There's going to be some wearing out. Preaching to people tonight, some of you being worn out by physical stuff. One thing after the other or the same thing that's just not getting any better. The enemy's wearing you out, wearing you out. I thought God was a healer. I thought God performed miracles. Look at what God did for them. Look at what God, how God healed them. And, and, he, and He's wearing on you. Family situation some of you are dealing with. And it's just, it's wearing you out. 
wearing you out. You're interceding. You're binding. You're loosing. The book of Haggai, the Lord says you, 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 you put your wages in your pockets. Or, or He said you brought it in and he says, I, not the devil. He said, I blew on it. He said, you put it in your pockets, and your pockets had holes that he put there. Let me tell you something. When the devil's doing it, or God's allowing, or, and, and it's just him, you can bind him, and it'll stop. But if God's allowing him to do some sifting, the binding is not going to do the job, because God's allowing to see who is going to be worn out? Oh, I told you it might not be the answer you wanted. Let me tell you something. Those of you tonight that maybe you're getting to the point of weariness and maybe you have actually begun to think about the fact, you know what, I just don't know if this living for God thing is what I want to keep trying to do. I just don't know if I can keep going through the mental battles and struggles and, and, and the weariness. Isn't it interesting that wear and weariness, weariness wear is a part of weariness? Because the wearier you get, the less you resist, the more prone you are to giving up. You hear me tonight. The mistake that backsliders make when they walk away from God is when they make that decision, there is a load that lifts. Or maybe I'll rephrase it and say it this way. There is a battle that stops. Because when you decide to give up, the enemy has now worn you out. And now that you've given up, he's going to quit messing with you. And not only is he going to quit fighting you, he's now going to start working for you so that you have the confirmation. You know what? I knew all that stuff we preached and taught as apostolics wasn't right, wasn't necessary. I'm still praying and I still feel God. I'm going to tell you something. There's a whole lot of people that the devil doesn't fight. There's some folks out there that don't know what it's like to come and go through a church service that's locked up and bound. Because there ain't nothing to lock it up and bind it. There's no battle going on. Because you don't fight what is working for you. You don't, what, you don't resist what is causing people to be comfortable with being on your side. I started an audio book different than the one I keep mentioning. Started it a couple days ago. It's written by a pastor that was a pastor of a mega church. And in the first few moments, he was talking about, he, I don't know if he used the term, but essentially he was describing that he had reached the point of being burnt out. He said, 
was at the point where he was, he was preaching, teaching, whatever, six times a day, six services a day. He was worn out and he referenced getting home one night after a long day, sitting down to sort of veg out. And sitting there, he popped open his beer can. Say what? Pastor Beer. Maybe that's okay with you and that doesn't matter, but that that doesn't jive with me. I look at my wife crossways and I feel conviction and condemnation. I can't imagine what I'd feel if I went and popped a beer can and started drinking. Here's the challenge. There's some ways in which God allows the enemy to wear you down that you don't really have control over. But what's sad is when you help give him the ammunition to wear you down. And I bet you there's some people, I shouldn't say it that way, I believe there's some people in this place tonight, you're battling with holiness. And the enemy's wearing you down. And there'd be one thing that would really help you in that battle. Log out of Facebook. I don't need all those images of people that I used to worship with. Go to church with. Believe the same things with. Work shoulder to shoulder with. I don't want, I don't need their newfound freedoms and liberties. Wearing on me. I already got enough wearing on me. I think. I did what I do earlier. I, I didn't finish the point. How whatever you do when you leave here, but I leave here and replay it all, and 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 my mind goes on and on about how 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 I how I how I dropped the ball. How as they say down south, how I dropped the watermelon. That that I, I really can't. I know I can work on the mental part of that, the battle, but it's, I, that's what I do. That's a part of what I do. But scrolling through, watching all the videos of the music groups that have all the songs and some of them we sing, wearing you down, wearing you down, wearing you down. 
it, it, that there's some things God is going to let the enemy do to wear us down that you, you, you can't stop. But you don't have to give him extra ammunition. I'm going to let him sift you, Simon. I'm going to let him riddle you. I'm going to let him give you some puzzling questions. I'm going to let him mislead you a little bit, but I want you to know it's going to be okay. Luke chapter 18, verse number 1 says, He spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint, not to quit, not to give up saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him though he bear long with though he delays, anybody got some things you've been praying about for years and years and and you got a promise, you got a word for him, and you're praying and praying and praying and it's not happening God is going to do it even if he bears long But hear what the next verse says. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. He may delay doing something for a while. But when he does it. When he decides to do something. He's going to do it speedily. It doesn't take God as long to get you out of it. As it's taken you to go through it. In just a moment, God can turn. Don't get discouraged that you can't see God doing anything. So if you can't see God doing anything, who knows how long it's going to be till He gets you out of it. Because when He does something, He can do it speedily. But here is the issue. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall He find faith on the earth. The Amplified says it this way, I tell you, He will defend and protect and avenge them speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, will He find persistence in faith on the earth? Most of the time that passage is used in the context of the second coming. But I don't think that's actually the primary context. It's the secondary context. I think you can apply it to the second coming of Jesus, but I think it applies more so to you and I right now that whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, there is a God that is going to avenge you. There is a God that is going to work it out. There's a God that's going to bring victory. There's a God that's going to bring deliverance. But the question is, are you still going to be praying? Are you still going to have persistent faith when He does finally show up and decide to do it that now is the time or will you have been worn out is he going to find faith he's coming but when he comes is he going to find faith brother and sister bishop 
Several others of you, I could call your names. Been here 40 plus years. Been believing. Having faith. Believing in promises. Haven't happened yet. But they're going to happen. Because God is not a man that He should lie. God's not a man that He should lie. And it may look like He is delaying. It may look like He has forgotten. But if He said it, He's going to do it. And there is an enemy that is doing whatever He can to wear you out before God does what He said He was going to do. Some of you have been believing for some things for a long time. Some of you have been believing for some things for a long time that God didn't promise you He would do. You just have faith that He can do it. And so like that widow woman, you're just going to keep asking. And then others of you got things that you got a word, you've got a rhema from God for. He is going to do it. He will do it. But I've come to tell you tonight, not only will you fail sometimes in your faith, but I've come to tell you it's okay. When you fail sometimes, as long as you don't utterly fail. It's okay that you fall sometimes, as long as you don't quit and stay down. It's okay that you get weary sometimes, as long as you don't get worn out and give up and quit. John chapter 6, verse number 66. From that time, many of his disciples, somebody say disciples you got to understand that what it's talking about here, this is not just the multitude. This is not just a crowd. This is not just the people that showed up out of curiosity because he might do a miracle today or I might get a miracle today. But when he dismisses, they all go their separate ways. These are people that had reached a point of commitment Oh, Jesus. These are people who had followed him to the point they were identified as a disciple. It's not speaking of the 12 disciples here, but it's speaking of people who had followed him long enough. They are, they're now in the category of being called disciples. And it's disciples who went back and walked no more with him. It's already happened to most of you, but if it hasn't happened to all of you, I promise you there'll be a day when there's going to be some saints that you walked with. There's going to be some saints that you were, you were connected to. There's, there's going to be some saints that you did ministry with, that you worshipped with, that you prayed with, that are going to reach a point that they're going to get worn out and they're not going to walk with Him anymore. So what do you do? Here's what you do. He turns to the twelve and says, Are you going to go also? 
These disciples have left, but now I'm looking at you as the core, as the nucleus, as Brother Grossbach would say. Are you going to go as well? Can I tell you the secret tonight as to not getting worn out? Can I tell you what the secret is that no matter what the devil does to try to wear you out and get you to quit and give up, here's the secret. Where else? Peter speaks up and says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Somebody tonight, I pray that you would get a where else is there to go in your spirit. And that you would respond to the enemy and say, I don't care what you do. I don't care how much you wear me down. I don't care what you bring against me there's nowhere else to go it might not go the way I want it to go but where else am I going to go he might not do what I want him to do but what other option is there he might not take away the pain what else am I going to do he might not deliver me from all of the problems but where else will I go Come on, I I feel that rising in somebody's spirit right now. I feel a little, I feel a little, uh, uh, a glimmer of hope. I feel a little flickering of a flame. Somebody hear me. Somebody hear me, I'm I'm, I'm toying with calling a name right now, and I may do that in a second, but right now I'm not going to do that, so hopefully more of you grasp onto it. There's people, you're in this place tonight, and you have been living for years and years under such guilt and condemnation over how you haven't done it all right, and you're not where you should be, where you thought you would be, but would you just take a moment and just look at where you are? Because while you may not be getting it all right, you've made up your mind. Where else will I go? I'm not trying to be judgmental with this statement. I'm not trying to be. But some of you need to look around. Because in spite of all your failures, there's some disciples that aren't here anymore. But you're still here. Where else? Where else? Where else? You go to a doctor and you don't like him. You don't like his bedside manner. You don't like his prognosis. Go to another one. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Leave here tonight to go get a cheeseburger. You might not like Wendy's. You might not like McDonald's. You might like Burger King. You may like five guys. Go there or go where you want. problem is this according to this book which is the only source of truth there's only one God 
So I might not like what you're doing. I might not like what you're not doing. But you alone are God. I've got nowhere else to go. You alone have the words. I said it to Brother Shelton Friday. Again, I'm not, I'm just, just whatever. I don't know why I feel like I always got to defend everything. But probably the enemy trying to wear me out. I said it, and I can sincerely say it. I said, well, I, I can say at this point, I, I, haven't, I haven't thought about resigning. I haven't thought about putting my resignation in as the pastor of Antioch Central because I'm, I'm stuck. I don't mean I'm stuck because of you or I'm stuck because of finances. or what. I'm stuck because I know this is where I'm called to be. Some of you are contemplating options because you haven't made up your mind where you're called to. Because when you make up your mind where you're called to, there may be some better looking options. There may be some easier, more convenient ways. But when you know you're where you're supposed to be, what else am I going to do? Paul said, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. I pray for you that your faith fail not. Just so happened. This morning as I was studying and preparing for this morning and opened up my Bible software, and I've referenced this before, but I use... I use um, PC Study Bible and and the home page when you when you uh, when you open it up the home page um, I don't feel comfortable bugging anybody else than my wife would you clean my glasses please I can't see <laughs> the home page opens up and it's Spurgeon's daily devotionals and usually it's a verse and then it's a paragraph or two of of uh, of his exhortation um, on on the on the verse, and I wasn't I, you know, Brother Middleton. It's so crazy. All the years I prayed and asked God for confirmations and witnesses, I never got it. And now most of the time I'm like, whatever. I don't I don't want it. I don't need it. And they show up. And I open I opened the software this morning, and it just so happened that John six. And 68 was the verse, or excuse me, 67. Just the simple part of that verse, will you go away? Listen to what he says. Many have forsaken Christ and have walked no more with Him. But what reason have you to make a change? Has there been any reason for it in the past? Has not Jesus proved Himself all sufficient? He appeals to you this morning. Have I been a wilderness to you? When your soul has simply trusted Jesus, have you ever been confounded? Have you not up till now found your Lord to be a compassionate and generous friend to you? And has not simple faith in Him given you all the peace your spirit could desire? Can you so much as dream of a better friend than He has been to you? Then change not the old and tried for new and false. 
as for the present, can that compel you to leave Christ? When we are hard beset with this world or with the severer trials within the church, we find it a most blessed thing to pillow our head upon the bosom of our Savior. This is the joy we have today, that we are saved in Him. And if this joy be satisfying, wherefore should we think of changing? Who barters gold for dross? What are you going to trade this for? What are you going to trade your relationship with God for? Who, Who barters gold for dross? We will not forswear the sun till we find a better light, nor leave our Lord until a brighter lover shall appear. And since this can never be, we will hold him with a grasp immortal and bind his name as a seal upon our arm. As for the future, can you suggest anything which can arise that shall render it necessary for you to mutiny or desert the old flag to serve under another captive, captain? We think not. If life be long, He changes not. If we are poor, what better than to have Christ who can make us rich? When we are sick, what more do we want than Jesus to make our bed in our sickness? When we die, is it not written that neither death, nor life, nor things present, nor things to come shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord? We say with Peter, and will anybody else join me and say with Peter to whom shall we go brother Middleton there's some there's some fellow laborers that you and I have labored alongside with we we fought in the trenches with we've we've worked with for years and years that decided there was another option And if you think that just because I'm the pastor or if you think that just because my last name is right that I don't struggle with that stuff like you do, you are a fool. If you don't think I have the struggle that Paul addressed with Timothy and the challenge of realizing that there are some who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof, But I made up my mind. And I'm going to keep making up my mind. Where else am I going to go? You can wear me down all you want to, Satan. You can wear me down all you want to try. But get one thing straight. You may wear me down, but you won't wear me out. My mind may be all over the place. I may question. I may doubt. I may fear. But I got nowhere else to go. I'm going to say it again. 
Every time I do what I'm about to do, I hesitate because I don't want you to stop texting. I don't want you to stop emailing. I don't want you to stop calling. And I try a lot of times to get permission before I do it. But then there's moments like this. I just, I just feel the inspiration just to do it, and I'll have to ask for forgiveness later. Sister, Sister Rhonda Gross texted my wife and I on Thursday. She said, I, I'm sick, and I won't be there again tonight. And she said, I'm tired of being sick. She said, so I guess that makes me sick and tired. Yeah, yeah, I may be sick and tired. And I may not make it tonight. I may not get there tonight. But I'm not, I'm not going to quit. I don't care how many Thursdays, how many Sunday evenings you send that tech or that email that says just about the same thing every time. Keep sending it. Keep sending it. Because he may wear you down. But you ain't going to wear me out. He may wear you down. But I think there's just something down inside that says you may wear me down. You may wear me way down. But you ain't going to wear me out. I may not be Brother Lewis every time I come. Yeah! I may not even be able to whisper anything, but I'm coming. And if I don't get there this time, I'm going to get there the next time. Because God may have allowed you to work on wearing me down, but you ain't wearing me out. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to do one simple thing. Put on the armor, not so that you can always fight. Sometimes you put on the armor so that you do one thing. I'm just going to stand. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with the truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked having done all to stand stand throughout the history of wars Sometimes the victory in a battle was not new ground being taken. 
Not every victory in the history of war is about ground being taken. Sometimes the victory is just simply about standing your ground. Some of you are feeling like failures because you haven't been taking territory lately. But the one thing you haven't done either is given up territory. I may not be gaining any ground, but I'm not giving up ground. I may not be able to move forward right now, but I'm not going backward. Paul says this in 2 Timothy 2. You've already been hearing it, but you'll hear it clearly here. Let me tell you what it is the the enemy is trying to get. What is it he's trying to wear you down to get? Paul says, 2 Timothy 4 and 6, I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course. And you know what the enemy's trying to get from every one of us? I have kept the faith. Simon, Simon, I prayed for you because Satan desired to sift you as wheat, but that your faith, that your faith fail not. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And so no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what's not happening, as long as I still got my faith, I've got some hope that it's going to change. I'm hanging on that it's going to get different at some point. And the good news is all I need is a mustard seed of faith. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. And I kept the faith. I kept the faith. Brother Whaley used to say, he'd say that he prayed it and he'd tell others to pray it. God, I'm going to get a bulldog grip on you. You can shake every which way you want to shake. But you can shake me, but you can't shake me loose. It's not God that's trying to shake you loose. It's the enemy that's trying to pull you loose. So somebody needs to tell the enemy tonight, you can wear on me all you want to wear on me, but I got a bulldog grip on God, and I'm not going to let go because I've got a hope, I've got a faith, I've got an assurance that at some point in time... I can't get my my app work and the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high you know why God's letting the enemy wear you out because God's trying to find out when I decide to give the dominion and the authority and do everything I said I was going to do I got to know who's trustworthy Hebrews 11 and 13. 
these all died. These all died not having received the promises, not having experienced what they spent their lives believing for, never seeing the fulfillment of promises God had given them. But they died in faith. They died without receiving the fulfillment of their faith. But they died in faith. With faith. Anybody can live in faith when it's all going good and going well. But can you live dying? Not having received the promise, but you've seen it afar off. And even though you haven't experienced it, you are fully persuaded that what God has promised, He's able to perform. And that where you are right now is not the end of the story. And even if you don't get there, Joseph said in his dying days, when they still had a long time of bondage left to go. He said, I want you to make me a promise. There's coming a day that God's going to deliver you from Egypt. There's coming a day God will deliver. Not if, not hoping, He will. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how much longer it goes on. There will be a day that God's going to deliver. And here's what I want you to promise me you will do. That when you get ready to leave Egypt and head to the land of promise, I want you to come to my grave and I want you to dig my bones up. Because I may not get there while I'm living, but God's going to take you there. And so one way or the other, I'm going to get there. I wonder if anybody tonight has got that kind of resolve that says devil you can't wear me down with the idea that I may not see it because somebody's going to see it and I may not get there the way I thought I would get there but I'm still going to go they all died in faith they never they didn't die giving up their faith They didn't die worn out. Psalm is said, Psalm 39 and 7, And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in you. I may be weary. I may be worn down. I may be battling and questioning and doubting. I may be falling and getting back up and falling and getting back up. But I'm waiting on you, God. My hope is in you. Jeremiah said he was going to be a prisoner. He was going to be a prisoner of hope. 
I'm not a prisoner. I don't have to be a prisoner of my circumstances. I don't have to be a prisoner of my adversity. I don't have to be a prisoner of my finances. I don't have to be a prisoner of the disappointments in my life. I don't have to be a prisoner of the turmoil. I can be a prisoner of hope. Because whatever you are a prisoner of affects how you think, how you feel, how you act. And so if I can make up my mind, wear me down all you want to wear me down, devil. But I'm not a prisoner of you. I'm a prisoner of hope. And I've got confidence that at some point, somehow, some way, God is going to give dominion and God's going to decide at some point. I've let you wear them out long enough. Enough is enough. I've let you have your chance. Knowing ultimately that while I've let you sift them, I already know what the outcome is. I already know the end from the beginning. I'm preaching to some folks here tonight that I know some of you because I know some of what you're going through. And I'm sure there are others. I don't know what you're going through naturally speaking, but I know there's some others that you have been, the enemy has been wearing on you. And again, some of you, it's, it's, it's from every side. Paul said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of us or may be of God and not of us. He said, we are troubled on every side. Every side. Everywhere I turn, there's something wearing on me. Home. I believe our homes, whatever the whatever the the status, whatever the makeup is of your home, I believe it's the will of God for our homes to be the most restful, peaceful place we are at besides this sanctuary. What do you do when you go home? There's turmoil and tension. You go home to try to rest, and it just just seem my my wife. We've been married. 30 plus years now, I'm more in love with her and I think she's more in love with me than ever before. We, we, we got a good marriage. Like every marriage, it's got room to grow. It's got things that can improve. and develop. But, but it just, just seems like there's those times. Enemies just wearing, wearing, wearing. Maybe if I'll pray harder, maybe if I'll fast more, Maybe if I'll worship more, maybe if I'll do more, I'll get the victory. No, sorry, not with this one. Not with this one. Sorry. There's some battles. Yeah, you can get the victory. You can bind and you're done. But, 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 but if God's decided, I'm going to let you wear for a while. I'm going to let you wear on them for a while. There's no point in trying to Fight it. The goal is to make up your mind. I'm going to keep my faith. I may walk out of this sanctuary forever, how long, service after service. Brother Barr, feeling like I missed God, feeling like I failed, feeling like I didn't do a good job. 
but I'm going to hold on to my faith because I've been called. And if God called me, He didn't call me to fail. And so He may wear me down, but you're not going to wear me out. And there may be some days where at the end of the day, success is one thing. I'm still standing. You know why the enemy's working so hard on some of you? Battling you about all the things you've struggled not doing or failing at? Because you're getting under his skin. Because no matter all those things you're failing at, you just keep standing. He's trying everything he can to wear you out. And you just keep standing. He's tried every tactic. He's tried your marriage. He's tried your kids. He's tried your parents. He's tried your siblings. He's tried the job. He's tried your finances. He's tried your health. And whatever else there is, He's tried all of it. You just keep standing. I don't mean this to feel at all to sound like I'm having sympathy for him, but it's got to be pretty frustrating to be the devil. When you try every trick and every tactic that you can, and with everything he tries, you're still standing. I'm preaching to people tonight. I'm I'm preaching to some people that have given your life to the kingdom and you've given your life to ministry. You've given your life to the work of God and the results haven't been what you expected and the rewards haven't gone the way you thought they would go and the enemy battles you and wears on you and gets you to constantly question and doubt and second guess. I've come to tell you tonight, you're not a failure. You're not where you are because you messed up. He's been trying to wear you out. And you just keep standing. (laughs) I know a bunch of you don't care anything about football, but those of you that watch it some. It's kind of like one of those plays, Brother Barr, where the running back gets the handoff and he, he gets to the offensive line and the defensive line and next thing you know man there's just this pile and you know the play is over it's done you got three or four five defensive guys guys that weigh 300 pounds all over them. And all of a sudden, somehow, popping out of that pile, comes that guy with the ball, taking off down the field. I've, I'm, I'm preaching to some people tonight that currently you're under the pile, but you haven't been tackled yet. <laughs> The enemy is all over you, but the whistle hadn't been blown yet. And if you'll just hang on a little bit longer, 
You're about to break through the pile. And you're going to find a fresh new victory and deliverance. I want you to stand, please. I I tried hard. I didn't say it in church. I just said it to the deacons because every time I make a proclamation, Brother Middleton, about a message and what I feel, it just, just never quite goes the way. I don't really know what I was truly expecting or anticipating. Here's, I want to, I want to, want to close this out this way tonight. I wonder if there's some folks that have something down inside of you tonight that says, "Devil." God may be giving you a space to wear out the saints. God may be giving you some time to try to wear out His people. But let's just get one thing straight. I don't know who all you're going to succeed at wearing out. I don't know who all's finally going to give in and be worn out. But I want you to know one thing. I won't be on that list. And when God decides to give the victory and give the dominion, I'm going to still be there. And I'm going to be a partaker of what God is going to do. If you're in this place tonight and that's what you're feeling and that's your desire and that's your commitment, I want to invite you right now to make your way down to this altar, not kneel. There's a time and a place to kneel, but I want you to come down. And if you don't, even if you don't say anything, just come and do one simple thing. Stand. You can try to wear me down. You're not going to wear me out. God may let you keep piling it on me. God may let you keep piling it on me. But I've made up my mind. I've got no place else to go. I've got no place else to go. Because there's no better option. There's no better choice than to stick with Jesus. What am I going to trade Him in for? As difficult as it may get sometimes... As hard as it may be sometimes, what am I going to exchange this for? You alone. You alone. You alone have the words of eternal life. You alone have the power and the ability to do what needs to be done. Take
you might you might be allowed to wear out saints, devil. God may let you wear out some saints, but you're not going to wear out this saint. You're not going to wear out this saint. If all I can do is stand, I'm going to keep standing. I'm going to use the shield of faith. I'm not going to let go of my faith. I, I might not have a lot of faith, but I'm going to hang on to my faith. You're not getting my faith, devil. You may get my joy sometimes. You may get my peace sometimes. You're not getting my faith. You're not going to get my faith. My faith says no matter what it looks like. My faith says no matter how bad it gets, with God, with God all things are possible. In a world where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. In a world where laws are changing and God is allowing laws to change, I'm not changing. I'm not changing. Why don't you reach over and take somebody by the hand, put a hand on a shoulder. If you're standing by your spouse, why don't you join with them? Why don't you make a commitment together? Why don't we make a commitment with our brothers and sisters? There may be some saints that you wear out, but not here, devil. Not here, devil. You may knock me down. I'm going to get back up. I may fail, but I'm not going to utterly fail. My faith may waver sometimes, but I'm not letting go of my faith. Anybody decided tonight? I know, I know you decided before, but is there anybody that's deciding all over again tonight? Is there anybody deciding all over again tonight? I'm going all the way with you, Jesus. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish this race. I, have I may not do it at full speed. I may not I do it at full stride, but I'm going to finish. I'll take up my cross, follow you, Lord. No turning back. No turning back. 
I may not be able to move forward right now, but I'm not going back. I might not be able to gain new ground right now, but I'm not going back. Come on, there's something being rekindled in some folks here right now. Come on, if you don't feel a need to pray for yourself or continue, well, let the Holy Ghost lead you right now. I believe there's some people in this place right now that God is rekindling a flame. God is renewing some faith. God is stirring up some hope. I hope. 